Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Rap. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to The Sex Wrap. You're here today with Andrew in Spring wrapping all of your favorite presents. No, wrapping about... I don't know. That's kind of weird. Um, I think if we look at our title, The Sex Wrap, I love it because it's like, you know, wrapping it up, wrap up with a condom, like, except <laughs> sometimes people think that we're like rappers and I cannot rap. I, I was going to ask Spring to beatbox. Oh, wait. But- if you beatbox, I can rap. Let me just let me just spit some lines. Oh my god, we can't do this. Let's move on. This, this is <laughs> terrible. I am sorry for the culture we just appropriated so poorly. All of our <laughs> listeners, thanks for putting up with our ridiculousness. Um, today is my partner's birthday. Isn't that crazy? It's it's Ooh, really fun. Happy so birthday! So this morning we woke up and we did some uh, breakfast and then presents and. Uh, if you are one of our listeners with a, with a December birthday, I'd like to put out yet another apology from the world to you. Um, my friend uh, Amanda was just in town and her birthday was December 9th. Uh, so I have all of these birthdays in December and I make sure that they are extra special because I know that if you have a December birthday, you probably grew up in a world where uh, all of these holidays are going on. There's Hanukkah, there's Christmas, there's Festivus, there's Kwanzaa, whatever it is that you celebrate. And you're second fiddle to it. So um, sometimes with my partner, we celebrate his birthday in June or July or just a random month when I decide it's going to be that year. So it's special and not around the holidays. But if you have a December birthday, Spring and I both wish you the happiest, best, most fantastic December birthday of all. And we're sorry that these stupid holidays and all of the stress of the holidays is going to infringe on your birthday. (laughs) My partner's sister is about to give birth to twins right before Christmas. She's due around the 22nd. So those babies um, are going to be our Christmas gifts this year. <laughs> and I think that's, uh, that's gross. going to be all of the holidays. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that people that have, um, birthdays around this time, um, there is like some importance to figuring out a way to find another way to celebrate that. And I think some people with birthdays around this time of year um, celebrate their half birthdays as like their real birthday celebration kind of to like. Right. That's what I do with Alan <laughs> when I do like the June, July, like we're just going to do it a completely different yeah. time of year. There are no big holidays in June. So it's a great time. Yeah. To put, you know, you like- can figure out other ways to create some time for yourself. There's always, there's always another day to celebrate you. Right. I mean, or else you could end up old and bitter like me in spring. No, we're not bitter, but I'm just bitter. And I feel bad for people who their whole life have been overshadowed. I'm so mad at you right now that you even said that I was bitter. I'm like the opposite (laughs) of bitter at all times. (laughs) Uh. But um, happy birthday to everybody. And also, whatever you're celebrating, happy whatever the celebration is. But your celebration of the thing is less important than people's birthdays. Yay, holidays. Yay. Um, And today we do have like a kind of sparkly question. Um, And it came from a listener. And it is, what is a unicorn? 
Oh, thank goodness we get to talk about unicorns. Unicorns are my favorite. I have a unicorn tattoo on my arm. I am so unicorny. I love this. She is quite corny. <laughs> um, so they're mythical creatures, uh, depending on what myth- mythos you believe in. Like they didn't get onto Noah's Ark or they're imaginary or only virgins can see them. There's lots of, I don't think that's, the, I don't think that's the question that they're asking today though. Um, I mean, it'd make for a quick episode. Like they're not real, except they are real today. So we're talking about sexual unicorns or relationship unicorns. Um, so there's so many jokes today. Like this whole thing in my head, I'm like, how corny can we make that? We're going to lose listeners over how corny this is. Because like, you know, like, are people really into unicorns because the horn looks like a penis? Well, let's talk about what a unicorn is in the sexual context. And I think, you know, this is one of those kind of... Um, urban dictionary uses of the word unicorn that we assume a lot of people know and that is kind of common um, knowledge, but I think it's actually not that common. So I'm excited to talk about this. So when we say unicorn and someone someone is a unicorn, when we're talking about this in a sexual context, that is the third person entering into a couple's bedroom. To put it the most simply. Right. So most of the time uh, when the term unicorn is used, um, it's used mostly with heterosexual mm-hmm. couples, right? Where there's uh, a male and a female um, and they want to invite a third person into their relationship or into their bed or for sexual kicks or for a one night stand, whatever it is. Um, so there's this one very specific kind of person that fits the bill. And that person is the unicorn. And what does this person look like? Who are they, Spring? So usually, most often, it's a heterosexual couple seeking a young woman to be their unicorn, to come in and play with them. And most often, it is only for sex. It's not looking for some type of ongoing relationship with this person. And so that's why the term unicorn is used, because it is this bisexual woman that they um, are searching for that just wants to have sex with them maybe one time and just run into the bedroom and have a great time and then leave. <laughs> like magic. Right. And normally she's young. Normally she's pretty. Normally she like all of those sort of uh, like what the media tells you model-esque kind of tropes are sort of foisted onto this bisexual young adventurous, available, no strings attached, no commitment, no relationship, just there for a good time, Mm -hmm. young woman. (laughs) That's it. That's a unicorn. That's the most usual definition. And so a little bit later, we'll talk about kind of might um, what other types of people might kind of be considered unicorns in sexual context. But yeah, usually it's this younger woman in a heterosexual relationship. So we'll kind of focus on that one first. So why is it so hard to find someone like this? I mean, overall, if we look at populations, um, there are like, you know, there are not a lot of young, available bisexual women who want to go and have sex with couples with no, like no strings attached. Like for like, there's a lot of people who don't want to go do that. And then you're looking for a, a much smaller percentage of the overall population who wants to go do that as well. Um, also the couple, the heterosexual couple, like the woman in the couple also has to be like relatively bisexual too. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, it, it's just a lot of factors that sort of have to be checked. Um, 
And uh, it kind of objectifies another person's sexuality and objectifies another person's body. Like there are some people who do like to be treated like sex objects and just just want that kind of attention or affection. Um, but as you start adding all of those labels and adding all of those requirements, the total number of women uh, most of the time who, who fit the bill is really quite small. Um, and then there's just a lot of people who want more than that inside of their sexual relationships, right? So it's like you might have a thousand of them. And after you start like chopping them all out of the picture, just turning them to normal horses, getting rid of the horn, uh, <laughs> adding them to the herd, like you end up with essentially no one left at the bottom of that list. Yeah. And so there is a kind of just the availability problem and then there is the finding the pro finding the person and then there's also this matching up so just because a young, beautiful, bisexual woman is interested and available, it doesn't mean she's necessarily interested in that specific couple or that specific couple is necessarily interested in her. So there is a little bit of kind of matching that has to occur also, right? So that is kind of, you know, how this whole thing gets um, into this idea of scarcity and, you know, how rare this could be defined and why this person is called a unicorn. Yeah. Um um, is there an app to find a unicorn? I know there's like apps to find hairy gay men or apps to find all different kinds of people, Christians or Jewish people. Or there's even apps to find other farmers to date or have sex with. Is there an app to find unicorns? Yeah. So Field is a group sex um, app. And so you can have couple profiles on there. But um any any app actually people will put couple profiles on and um, say that they are actually seeking another woman so they'll set the profile up as a technical male seeking woman but they'll have a couple pictures in it and then they will um, be swiping for women and then women will see that come up if they're looking for men and they'll see that like come up and uh, then they can match and then talk in that way so basically any app <laughs> i was thinking of something really specific called like sparkle pony um <laughs> no but I, I mean i think it's really interesting that it, it comes up in society pretty frequently and that uh that we have a special term for it and that there's a huge scarcity of it um so why do you think it's so scarce like what do you think is causing the scarcity i mean i think that there is a little bit of you know um emotional work that goes on here. You know, we've talked about having threesomes or group sex on the show before and all of the um, kind of hoops you want to get through to make sure that you are ready. And if you're doing this with a partner, that you and your partner are ready for that together. And you've kind of talked through any potential um, problems that might occur and you know how you'll handle that together. And so I think, you know, there's all of that that goes into having any group sex. And so thinking about all of that, you know, kind of scares some people off also. So that I think is another thing that contributes to the scarcity. Some people um, don't want to have to do that work or are nervous about what could happen afterward. Um, and the, I mean, the concept kind of oozed me out for those reasons. Like I think it's kind of ooey um, pretty frequently. Uh, a lot of times unicorn hunting is is a very male centric thing where often like the the female partner of the male feels almost coerced into the act mm -hmm. um like 
Like there's a lot of, I mean, for me, negativity, because like I said before, it's objectifying a woman or it's using a woman for sexual pleasure or, or sexual gratification um, or fantasy. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with fulfilling sexual fantasies, but uh I, I think sometimes the way that people talk about unicorns, like they're nothing more than, you know, a night of fun and then you get rid of them. Like it, it doesn't <laughs> seem like the kind of thing that's going to really be making for a very healthy relationship. What would you call the My Little Pony unicorn? Applejack. Um, Pinkie Pie? Oh, yeah, definitely Pinkie Pie. <laughs> That's actually a real one to all yeah. of our listeners. I have a bunch of nieces and um, I should be, I'm should i not up to date on all of my uh, little pony. Um, what would we call them? Like a one night saddle? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, we need to take a short break. So we will be right back. Welcome Welcome back, back. everybody. (laughs) How are all of our little unicorns doing? You know, like other shows and other like musical artists, they name their fans different kinds of things. We could call ours unicorns. Oh, I love that. Like you're all special and unique. Yeah. Except I don't think y'all want to go have sex with heterosexual couples looking for sexual kicks. Maybe you want to. That's okay. Maybe you want. And if you want to, we love you for that too. Congratulations. Like you're our unicorn of unicorns. Yeah. I mean, everyone's a unicorn. Everyone's special in their own way. We're all magical. And let's talk about who else could be a unicorn. So we talked about this uh, kind of most typical version, but really any third person showing up into a couple's bedroom, I think we call a unicorn like that can be applied more broadly. So if it is a male coming in to have a threesome with a male, female couple, or if it's a male coming into a male-male couple or a female coming into a female-female couple or someone who is non-binary in any of these iterations (laughs) as well, um, that third person that kind of comes in just for this no-strings-attached, like, good time sex and then magically disappears could be a unicorn. It's just that the most typical one is what we were talking about first. Right. And I think the term is much more likely to be used in heterosexual relationships because there's a lot of extra requirements that that person has to fulfill. Like the person needs to be bisexual and interested in the couple. Um, I think in lesbian and gay men relationships, uh, we see a lot more consensual non-monogamy, um, multi-person polyamorous relationships because all of the parties who are engaging in various acts, whether it's cuddling or sex, are much more likely to be into all of the parts of all of the people. Does that make sense? Yeah. It is easier when, yeah, all of the people like all of the parts. (laughs) Right. And I think sometimes that you're more likely to find people who are interested in you. Um, Like if you were a lesbian couple and you went to a lesbian event or a lesbian bar or a lesbian sex party, um, you would probably be much more likely to find someone who's like, hey, I'd like to be your lesbian partner for the evening, no strings attached or or whatever it is that someone's looking for. Um, And I think that's why we don't see the terminology as much. Um, I think we could also talk about how like there's a lot of... uh, Uh, issues of misogyny that kind of come up or misandry that come up like um, 
men who are interested in having sex with other men won't like bisexual men because they're afraid they'll be labeled gay forever. So often they won't enter into those kind of mm-hmm. relationships. Um, women who are bisexual who enter into relationships with other women get to maintain their bisexual or heterosexual relationships, but men often don't. Like there's that whole, like if there's a man who's had sex one time with a man, then he's gay forever. If there's a woman who's had sex with another woman, even one time she was just experimenting, having fun, had a few drinks, whatever it was. Um, so I think there's a lot of fear as well, which is why we don't see it come up as frequently in terms of male unicorns. But there's another big piece of research that uh, Spring and I were talking about earlier, um, and it's about sexual orientations and fluidity. Yeah, so most often um, females just have a lot more fluidity in their sexual orientation and where they kind of find sexual attraction in their lives. And so we know that sexual orientation is fluid and that somebody doesn't have to identify in the same way over the course of their life. Um, But women actually have a lot more fluidity than men do when we're looking at the research and looking at how people identify and where they fall on the Kinsey scale, which rates people as very heterosexual, very homosexual, or somewhere in between those. And women are more likely to fall on these um, in-between parts of that scale, and they're also more likely to change how they identify over time. So that just means that um, it's much more likely to find this woman type of unicorn situation. And so I would say that the male in a heterosexual, uh, entering into a heterosexual couple's bed is actually more unicorny than (laughs) the female one, but it's that one's actually so rare it doesn't even like really get talked about. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's really important to say so we're talking that sexuality is fluid, that over a person's life, what they like can change. Your sexual orientation your sexual orientation can slowly shift from straight to not as straight or gay to not as gay or anything in between. You could start out as straight and then not be interested in anyone. You can slide into mm-hmm. asexuality. Um All of that is a natural process. It happens on its own. We can't force it. We can't make it happen. You can't make someone who's straight gay and you can't make someone who's gay straight, right? So this is just that natural fluid process. And over a woman's lifetime, uh, where women overall over their lifetimes experience more fluidity than men, men over their lifetimes typically are, are much more rigid, much more static, and they're not as likely to change, but they can, right? Men and women can change sexualities over their lifespans, um, but it cannot be forced. Like you can't, if you're with somebody and you want to go find a unicorn and one of the partners is like, I'm just not interested. No, I'm not attracted to that. That's not what I'm into. Your unicorn hunt is at an end because nothing is... <laughs> Is going to change your partner's sexual orientation either. Um, it's a totally different conversation. That's where you start talking about like, well, what are the rules and looking for things outside of the bedroom and can we play solo? But that's a different episode <laughs> or a different day. But uh, just, just saying one more time, you cannot force someone's sexual orientation to change. And I think that's one of the sad things about uh, unicorns. I said it's kind of ooey to me because I've had friends talk to me about it before. Like, yeah, the male partner is really interested in having essentially a three-way with uh, their partner, their wife, and another woman. And their their partner or wife is like, I am not interested in having sex with another woman. Like, I just that's not something I've ever wanted to do. Now, how about you bring another man into the bedroom, and that might be real fun and kinky. I would love to try that. 
And then they hit that impasse, right? So the woman would love to have a three-way with two men. The man would love to have a three-way with two women. And neither of them are really interested in having a three-way with someone of the same sex. So, I mean, sometimes that unicorn hunt is over before the conversation even begins. Um, And if that's how your partner is, you have to respect their sexual orientations as well. There we go. So... I love unicorns. Uh, (laughs) Are we at the period? I think we are. Oh, are we at the period today? I think we are. Um, So thanks for listening, everybody. Um, We started our contest. (laughs) I must know. Do you think unicorns have periods? Uh, Well, (laughs) I mean, none of the ones on My Little Pony do. Okay. So... (laughs) And none of the ones in movies do. I mean, but how do unicorns reproduce? Do they? Maybe that's they why they're so rare. They have to. Hmm. Okay, <laughs> listeners, let us know. We need you and your expertise on unicorns. Do unicorns have periods? I vote no, because they're not real. <laughs> no. I want to know how new baby unicorns are born. <laughs> J.K. Rowland, do you listen? <laughs> anyway, um, so we had our contest that started uh, last week. We're getting some responses and we will be announcing it uh, in seven days. So thanks for listening, everybody. If you have any questions or comments about unicorns or anything else about this episode, feel free to let us know. Um, you can email us where the sex rap at gmail.com. You can find, uh, you can call us at 413 irapid and then you can find us on our social media. We're at the sex rap on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks for listening, everyone. You're all unicorns to us. Aww. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too Music for this episode provided by the ever-elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.